The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Well, as I said to you earlier on, while our discussion was raging on, joining us this morning, a gentleman he's been with us here before on numerous occasions. We've spoken to him on several issues. And he joins us this morning, and this one right up his alley, of course. Let's welcome back to our program, our Minister of CARICOM and Foreign Affairs, Dr. Amory Brown. Good morning to you, Minister, and welcome back to the program. Hi, good morning, Satish. Uh, thank you for your welcome. It's good to be back to have discussion with you and uh, for the benefit of your audience. Well, definitely, definitely for the benefit of the audience, benefit of the wider community. This is a this is a controversial issue, regardless of how you slice it, and people have their own uh, their own opinions on what's going on, what should go on, and some of the things that shouldn't be taking place. There was a, uh, some people are describing it as a, a major development where both sides, Venezuela and Guyana, have agreed to talks to be held in St. Vincent as to exactly what's going to come out of those talks. Uh, nobody can tell just yet, the international experts, everybody uh, adopting a wait-and-see um, let's let's begin this development over the weekend, where um, Venezuela and um, Guyana have decided that they they're going to sit and talk. Um, ha, do we have a role in what's going to happen in Saint Vincent, or or are we um, adopting the CARICOM? Let's wait and see what's going on. Uh, again, I have to ask for clarity on the we. Okay, because we, of we course as... we are part of of CARICOM, okay. so. The backdrop to this particular event, mm. I'll call it an event, which is carded for Thursday in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, is an emergency meeting of CARICOM heads of government, which was held on Friday, uh -huh. two days ago, where heads only, uh, this, that was an unusual meeting by video conference, where only heads participated. So not even ministers of foreign affairs, not even their support teams, mm. a very unusual heads meeting of uh, 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 the, the purest level of caucus, uh, given the uh, intensity around the issue and the, the depth of the controversy, particularly around some of the actions recently taken by Venezuela. Coming out of that meeting, there were clearly intense discussions and uh, the Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines issued an open letter, an invitation to two of the heads in the region. This is the President of Ghana and the Prime Minister and the President of Venezuela. He indicated that the event in St. Vincent would be uh, he would also be inviting President Lula, the president of Brazil. It is not clear as yet if Brazil will be present in uh, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The president of Guyana has since issued several public communiques, the most recent being yesterday, which is Sunday, where he gave a bit of background because, as you would expect, there is some public sentiment in Guyana, which is asking why is Guyana participating in this meeting after 
clearly establishing its parameters on the issue of the border dispute or border controversy. And in Pre President Irfan Ali's latest public release, dated 10th December yesterday, he responded to Prime Minister Gonzalez and said he will be there to answer the call by colleague Caracom Heads, which was made at the emergency meeting, for dialogue between the two leaders aimed at peaceful coexistence. But he went on to say, in making that call, Caracom Heads reasserted that they firmly support Guyana in its pursuance of the border controversy through the ICJ. That's very important. He went on to say that heads urge Venezuela to respect the, the provisional measures issued by the ICJ and the reiteration of the commitment to the Caribbean as a zone of peace. And President Ali concluded his uh, correspondence with this. It is in the framework of those specific commitments that he will participate on the 14th of December for dialogue with President Maduro. So that really sets out the parameters uh, and clarifies that this is not a negotiation that will be taking place. Uh, and the substance of the dispute is unlikely to be uh, resolved. So it's a little bit of a, an expectation uh, check, as it were. But I think there is a general sense in the region that it is good that at least some conversation will be taking place between the two heads. So uh, your question with respect to Trinidad and Tobago, I, Trinidad and Tobago was very much present on the 9th of the December, the, the emergency heads meeting in the form of Prime Minister Rowley and that forms part of the backdrop to this particular event. In terms of who will be present, the chairman of CARICOM, Roosevelt Skerritt, is anticipated to be present. The chairman of CELAC, the pro-tempore president of CELAC, which is a larger regional entity present and hosting, that is Ralph Gonzalez. They've specifically invited Brazil, which shares a border with both countries, and of course, Venezuela and Guyana. Those are the participants, prospectively, mm. at this stage. And so it doesn't feature uh, Prime Minister Rowley or Prime Minister Holness or anyone in terms of how this particular event is framed. I, I hope that mm. a little bit of a rambling explanation, but it clarifies the context of the event on Thursday. It, it does. It, it gives it perspective. Um, and I think that's what is missing in a lot of the discussions that we're having, uh, at least here at home, on this matter, uh, the perspective as to who should be involved and in what capacity they need to be involved. Um, but well, As you said, Satish, it's a controversial issue. And yes, we are a democracy, so you will have people with various views and different stakeholders. I saw the MSJ, who doesn't, which, but the MSJ put out a, a release recently, which was not unhelpful 
in at least helping the public to understand some aspects. And you have various actors in society, various elements that are the economists and others. And I would say in a democracy, that is all well and good. Uh, I'm not going to dwell on it, but I would say that uh, this occurs right across the region. What sometimes sets us apart is the way at times that our opposition strikes positions on matters that fall outside of our borders, which can be interpreted as very divisive and designed to somehow put Trinidad and Tobago in difficulty as opposed to seeking to resolve the overall issue in a CARICOM context. So that's the only proviso I would put on the, the lively exchanges that have been occurring. And there are opposition forces right across CARICOM. And we haven't seen that type of uh, edge or activity from any of those other elements. But maybe that's what makes TNT special. That's, it's par for the course. We treat with it. Uh, it doesn't distract from the very important work that is taking place in front of the scenes. And I could certainly tell you, behind the scenes, a lot of work is taking place. Uh, I've, I've said publicly in the program, and it's my opinion, that this is not a matter for our petty politics to get involved in, um, because this, this is much bigger than Trinidad and Tobago and the nuances that we have here at home. And But let's look at this meeting That's we expect. At this point in yeah. time, we have the, um, the assurance from both leaders that they are going to be represented as to whether they come themselves yes. or they send somebody. We'll have to wait until Thursday to find out. But what are some of the possible outcomes? Because... Having the meeting is all well and good. Getting the, the both sides to agree to come it was the first hurdle that needed to be crossed. But in reality, when you have a border dispute like this one, where one territory is saying, well, the land belongs to me because of something that happened in the past and it's disputed, but I'm going to take it now. And another side was saying, well, we've had it for, for, for a period of time. This matter has been resolved. And, and on top of all of that, you have the International Court of Justice saying, well, listen, we we ain't rule anything just yet, but everybody basically, all the batting, all the crease until we figure it out. Do, nobody do anything out of the way to cause more problems. What are, realistically, what are the possible outcomes that can come from both sides sitting and talking? Well, that's, that's a, a, an excellent question. I would say the best case scenario uh, would be a cooling of the temperatures and uh, some consensus that the, if not the letter of the provisional measures of the ICJ, but certainly the spirit of it, which appeared quite reasonable to, to anyone interested in, in uh, maintaining a zone of peace, that at least for now, uh, elements of overt provocation or uh, decisions or actions designed to affect the status quo with respect to the existing borders not be undertaken, at least for now. So a really a cooling of the temperature and uh, uh, less of an inclination to for actions, communiques, movements that would uh, appear to be designed to affect the current status quo, how that Essequibo region is administered and managed at this stage by the 
Republic of Ghana, the Cooperative Republic of Ghana. Mm. But to, to again, to put your question in a, a broader context as to what can occur, um, we need to go back a few steps. Most recently to uh, Prime Minister Ralph Gonzalez's clarification over the weekend that he is not a mediator in this matter and he's not going to mediate on Thursday. So that should help some in our domestic space who, you know, like to use, want to use the word mediation, which, if you understand what mediation is, is not a likely prospect in the current circumstance. That's, that's given Ghana's position. So that's number one. But going back much further, uh, in, in the view of Guyana, this matter really uh, has its, its, its foundation in an arbitration decision that occurred in the year 1899, the 1899 Arbitral Award, which established the boundaries at the border as they currently stand now. Uh, that is that the, the that particular agreement is the subject of the ICJ's uh, processes at this time, and in due course there will be a determination on whether that agreement is binding and stands to this day and into the future. So that's the, the Guyanese position. Venezuela is in disagreement with that. Uh, on, on two legs, they, they are not of the view that that uh, arbitral award is binding based on the circumstances and participants in that process. This is way back in 1899, the real colonial days. And then uh, there were some updates. I don't know if you want to go into all the minutiae, but in 1966, there was uh, discussions and what is referred to as the Geneva Agreement on this matter, where a framework was established for a mixed commission uh, involving the, the, the two countries that would meet and discuss. But also within that Geneva Agreement of 1966, there was a parameter laid out that if the discussions at that commission broke down or did not ultimately result in success. There was a formula, where, where would the matter go next? And that involved an approach to the UN Secretary General and subsequent determinations. Well, hello. there was a discussion between mm -hmm. the, the, the parties in the view of Guyana. It, 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 and most observers, those discussions did not bear fruit, and Guyana eventually took the matter to the Secretary General, who determined that the ICJ was the next step. The ICJ subsequently met, uh, determined that it had jurisdiction, it has jurisdiction, and is treating with the, the substantive issue of the 1899 mm. uh, uh, arbitral agreement. So all of that is the backdrop. All of that underscores Guyana's uh, reticence or position that it is not negotiating bilaterally. There's nothing to mediate between the two sides, the border, the border, etc. And let's wait on the ICG. And that's a backdrop to Venezuela's view that it isn't. It is not answerable to the the ICG at this at this stage. 
and they really want bilateral negotiation. So, Ghana okay. said we're coming to St. Vincent, but this is not that. This is not bilateral negotiation. So the stakes are quite high, and again, we really uh, underscore the role of CARICOM and the importance of uh, just removing the edge to this. This controversy has been around for a long time, but it has sharpened considerably mm. in, in the last few months, and that is not in, in anyone's interest to believe. But, uh, Minister, I'm um, listening to what you've said, and I mean the, the position... I, 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 I don't have too much time, unfortunately. I know. Yeah, I, 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 I will have to wind up yes. fairly shortly. Yes. Yes. This, this is my final question, and I mean it it's okay. it's dealing with the thing as realistically as as we probably should. If you have these lines that are already drawn in the sand, with Guyana p- putting forward an uh, a position that they're not willing to move from, yes. and Venezuela putting forward a position that it is not willing to move forward from, what's the purpose of having these talks? What really can be achieved if both sides are coming to the table already with their their arms up in the air and saying, "Listen, this is this is this is what it is." And nothing is going to change my position at this point in time. Um, r- can we really expect anything to move forward? Excellent question. I think uh, the brief answer is the, the prevailing philosophy behind this, this event in St. Vincent is it is better to talk than not to talk, even if you're not talking about the substantive matter that has caused you not to talk. It's mm. a bit of a parable. I understand. But, um, it, it, you know, there's some principle behind it, and uh, those of us who are serious about peace and progress for a region really wish the best here, uh, even though the circumstances are very challenging, and uh, no one should feel this is going to go away by the end of this week. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's an ongoing challenge, and a test, really, for CARICOM, or, or metal uh, test for the region and the maturity of leadership right across. But I, I, I have to to proceed. I'm very happy to re-engage mm. this week or yes. in the very near future. I'm, I'm sure that I'm always willing. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that Friday would probably be best for us to talk again. Okay. Uh, yeah. Perfect. So, Minister, thank Perfect. you once again for being with us here this morning. And, ladies and gentlemen, that's where we drop the curtains on our interview with our Minister of CARICOM and Foreign Affairs. Uh, the best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.